Ramage reached across the breakfast table for the silver bell, shook it, and waited. After more than a year at sea in one of the king's ships, when meals were usually dreaded as unimaginative variations on a theme of salt beef or salt pork and bread was a polite name for hard biscuit that an honest baker would disown and a potter would proclaim a credit to his oven, his stomach still rebelled at the rich fare that old Mrs. Hansen insisted on providing for every meal, including breakfast. She had been the family cook and housekeeper at the London house for as long as Ramage could remember, and her short-sighted husband was the butler, a timid and wispy-haired man whose life seemed to be a sheepish hunt for his mislaid spectacles. Mrs. Hansen firmly believed that all sailors, be they admirals or seamen, lowly lieutenants like Ramage or portly masters, were deliberately underfed by a scheming admiralty, which calculated the scale of rations on the principle that fighting cocks were starved for hours before being put into the cockpit to battle for their lives. It seemed to Ramage that whenever he came up to London on leave, she was determined to cram enough food into him to last another year at sea. You rang, my lord? Ramage glanced up to find Hanson waiting expectantly, his spectacles slowly sliding down his stub of a nose. Ah, please thank Mrs. Hanson for an excellent breakfast. But you've hardly touched the cold tongue, sir, Hanson protested plaintively. And the oysters. You haven't eaten a single one. Hanson, Ramage said sternly, knowing that to the butler he was still a small boy to be humoured but made to eat every scrap of food on his plate. You should remember, I've always hated oysters. The mere thought of them makes me queasy. The butler shook his head sadly. Mrs. Hanson will be upset. Sets great store by oysters, she does. Reckons they build you up. A score for breakfast, she says, and you'll never come to no harm for the rest of the day. Just look at me, Ramage said patiently. Do you think I'm fading away? Bit on the lean side, my lord, Hanson said warily, remembering how sun-tanned his lordship had been when he first arrived back from the West Indies. Your face is paler, too. My wife commented on it yesterday. Remind Mrs. Hanson that a suntan doesn't last forever. Well, it's been raining hard, Hanson said lamely as he began to clear away the plates, and it'll rain again before the day's out. I'm sure it will, Ramage said soothingly. Is anyone else in the family up and about yet? Your father and mother, sir, and hot water has been sent up for the Marquesa, so she'll be down presently. Ramage sniffed doubtfully. Very well. Please fetch me a newspaper. The Morning Post all the time, sir. I'll have plenty of time to read both before the Marquesa is ready. Hanson smiled happily, nodding his head at some private thought as he went to the door. A lovely lady, he murmured to himself, and her a foreigner too. Ramage grinned self-consciously and then felt foolish. Praise for Jana was not flattery for him. Still, Hansen's innocent remark emphasised that now was not the best of times to be a foreigner in England. In Great Britain and Ireland, he corrected himself. 
The act of union had become law while he was commanding the Triton Brig in the West Indies, and recently he had been trying to break himself of the habit, which infuriated the Scots and Welsh, of saying England when he meant Britain. The trouble was that foreigners always refer to you English, not you British. He took the newspapers from the silver tray Hanson was holding and shook his head at the discreet, Would you prefer to sit in the drawing room, sir? His eye caught a name in the first item on the front page of the Morning Post. The public will learn with great satisfaction that Lord Nelson, the hero of Copenhagen and the Nile, will soon leave town on a secret mission which will rid the country of the Corsican tyrant's threat of a grand invasion.